0: About handbags and breast cancer. There's so many beautiful women out there that suffer from breast cancer, that survive breast cancer, and then unfortunately there are others that die from breast cancer. And in studying fashion and psychoanalysis, um, breast cancer is a topic that has come up in both <clears throat> areas. You know, Some fashion companies donate to breast cancer research um, psychoanalysis, breast cancer is discussed cancer is discussed in, in psychoanalysis um, you know the topic of cancer um, really centers around aggression and there are basic, they're basically, you know, in terms of aggression, it's like, what does a person do with it? We all have aggression. Um, where does it go? How does a person handle their own aggression? Because um, there's, there's basically two options. You know, we all get mad, you know, we, we all get angry. Um, but where does it go? Um, with some people, you know the extreme aggression that's externalized in um, extreme cases the person becomes homicidal and they just commit murder that's an extreme case in another example of extreme aggression where the person internalizes the aggression extreme case would be suicide that's that's an extreme case so you know somewhere in the middle of that is your average person um, you know some people you know learn how to communicate effectively and express their frustration and talk about you know what's bothering them and you know they just they they express it so they're they're not you know like the extreme cases they just they They talk it through, which is very healthy. Um, They're discharging their aggression, which is very good. Um, And with aggression, um, especially with cancer patients, one of the, the topics that comes up is helplessness and hopelessness those are the two topics that that seem to come up with people that just general people that are suffering or dying from cancer they feel helpless and hopeless and they can't seem to find hope or help you know I know that people go through chemotherapy but you know not too many people talk about the mind And how the mind really has a very strong effect on the body and what we feed the mind you know can control the body and so if you are feeding the mind kindness and love and you're treating yourself with you know I'm strong I'm positive I am I look good you know, that's you're feeding your body those thoughts. If you're feeding your mind, God, I'm awful. I look fat. Gosh, my skin is broken out. My hair looks dry. You know, that's criticizing your body. That's cutting your body down. Um, and over time, that just that wears on your body. It wears on your mind, and it's just not healthy. And The concept of like feeding your mind um, and feeding your body goes back to when we were infants in, in the relationship with the mother. Um, the mother is your first object. You know, we, we talk about object relations. Um, the mother is the first object. You know, the mother produced, you know, she fed us. Um, you know infants we all come into the world we all enter this world hungry and the mother feeds us ironically symbolically the breast is what feeds us many of us not all of us sometimes it's the bottle which is perfectly fine not every mother breastfeeds which is totally fine um But there's this tension state between, for an infant, between the hunger and the sleep. There's this tension. And there's this relationship between the mother and the child. And there's a connection. And there's this gratification that happens. The mother feeds the child. You know, the child, you know, falls asleep and is gratified. That's a typical normal process but then when you switch over and you look at a cancer patient and you look at the relationship with food and feeding and I lost a couple people in my life to cancer and I spent a lot of time talking to them and observing them watching them one of the first things that I noticed is they stop eating start losing weight and that's one thing that I observed and that's also one thing that really bothered me especially you know with this one person but both of these people were older than me they were um, uh, I I won't reveal who they are but they were people that I looked up to and watching them lose a significant amount of weight And watching them not want to eat because they would say I've lost my appetite I can't eat and the process of of just not eating triggered me because by not eating you're not feeding yourself you are not um, consuming nutrients you are not consuming the vitamins and just the nutrients that keep you healthy and so that's a red, that was a red flag for me and when that happens the person be, can become severely dehydrated from all the chemotherapy and from all the you know everything radiation surgeries etc um, and so oftentimes they will get IVs with like a saline solution just to keep them hydrated, I remember you know, memories of that, you know, these IVs that these people would get. But you know, going back to this object relationship between the, the mother and the infant, there's also a symbolic relationship between, internally, between the person and the cancer. OK? the cancer is basically kind of symbolically feeding on the person. I remember when I took honors biology, that's when one of um, the people that I I lost to cancer, I was taking honors biology in, in high school. And, you know, I was studying the cell at that point in time. And I was studying, it was called the Golgi apparatus and the lymphocytes and the Luke leuk- I, I don't remember all the terms but I remember asking the doctor the cancer doctor that this person I went to these classes I was very young I was a teenager and I remember asking the cancer doctor like you know does the cancer cell have like the Golgi apparatus does it have all the components of a healthy cell and the doctor said to me no and he explained to me that if you were to take like a soap, like a dishwashing soap, pour it into the sink, turn on the water, and you watch all these bubbles form and grow and expand. And all these bubbles are empty. That's what cancer is like. And this cancer doctor explained it to me. I was young, I was 17. And I was just trying to understand and I, you know, and so that was his analogy of explaining what cancer was or is to, for me as, as a child, I was a kid. I wasn't even a full adult yet. And so the visualization of bubbles that are expanding like dishwashing soap stuck with me. And it's this relationship of these bubbles, you know, empty cells to the person It's the tumor and the host. The host is the body, the host is the person. And they're not supposed to get along. They're enemies. And one of the interesting things that happened to me, this was the second person that had cancer. The first, I remember the first time they called me and told me they had cancer and they were going through all this radiation, and the cancer was growing, and it was really awful, and I don't know why I said this to this person, but I just said it, and I I told this person, I said, you know what, I said, I I I I have a solution for you, and this person was like, you have a solution for my cancer, and I said, yeah. I have a solution. This is what I think you should do. This is what I think you should do. And I was just using my intuition. I didn't, you know, this was just my gut feeling. I told this person that I thought that they should apologize. That's what came out of my mouth. When they told me that they were, they just were diagnosed with cancer and they were going through radiation and, you know, this was the first time they were diagnosed. And My reaction was... You need to apologize. And this person asked me, to who? Like, like, who who do I need to apologize to? And I said, I don't know. It's not my business. But you need to apologize, just not even to the person or to the people. Just look back and reflect on your life, on everything that you've done wrong, everything that you've said, people that you've hurt, mistakes that you've made, everything, just one huge cancer bucket. And just apologize. And really fucking mean it. And just apologize to the universe. And say, I'm really sorry, but mean it. And in that moment apologize to each person I don't mean picking up the phone and you know and calling every single person just you're saying it out loud out into the air to the universe and say the person's name I'm so sorry I didn't mean to hurt you but also I told this person to apologize yourself and say i'm really sorry apologize to yourself forgive yourself for being a jerk apologize to yourself for being angry i'm really sorry i was angry i'm really sorry i hurt xyz i'm really sorry i divorced you i'm really sorry i broke up with you I'm really sorry I messed up apologize to yourself that's what I told this person and this stuff just started flowing out of my my mouth I don't even know where this came from but I said it and I meant it and and I told this person I said this isn't this is between you and God or the you know if you believe in God I don't know but this is between you your higher self Your soul your body and whatever you have going on in your past it's not my business and you don't have to tell me but my goal is to help you heal your cancer that's it that's my goal and so I hung up the phone and about two months later I got a phone call and it's the same person. And this person said to me, I need to talk to you. And this person told me that their doctor um, ran a full body scan on them, and the doctor didn't understand that there was absolutely No trace of cancer anywhere in their body. And this person told me that they did exactly what I told them to do, to apologize to the universe, to people. They throw it out into the universe, but also apologize to yourself. But really fucking mean it. And change. told him I said but you got to keep doing it you got to keep doing it and doing it and doing it and then a year later he called me back he told me the cancer was back and it had moved to a different part of his body and it was it was bad and I told him I said did you stop apologizing to yourself and to the universe and he said, "Yeah, I did. I thought I was done." And I said, "You're not done. You got to keep apologizing. Make it your mantra." And so for I want to say 2 years he suffered with cancer, but he kept apologizing and he kept it was the same pattern. And he called me up one day and he said, "My doctor said it's a miracle. The cancer is gone." And he had cancer four times. And the three cancers were cured. The fourth time it came back, it went to his brain. And he couldn't think straight, and he couldn't remember, and he had struggled, he really struggled with putting together sentences. And he passed away but I feel like it gave him more time and I feel like it could have cured him if he would have kept up the mantra of apologizing because when you live to be a certain age the older we get, the more destructive. Not not more destructive, I take that back. Some people I mean if you're 20 years old, most people haven't really done much. They haven't really accomplished much. They haven't made a lot of mistakes. But when you're 40, 50, 70, 80, you've just done a lot more. You've made a lot more mistakes. You've caused a lot more problems. And so I think that the older you are, the more apologizing you have to do, especially not necessarily to other people, but I think when you apologize and you say, I'm sorry, it's really about yourself. You're releasing yourself. You're releasing that feeling of helplessness and hopelessness and you're surrendering to a higher power and you're forgiving yourself i mean we hold a lot of our emotions sometimes we hold them you know in unconscious you know sometimes it's conscious depending on the person and where they're at but cancer is destructive, and it's inside of us, and unless we eat healthy, and we, if you get cancer, you have to eat, you have to continually put nutrients in your body. If your body is starved of nutrients and food usually it's not the cancer that's going to kill you it's going to be the lack of food and nutrients there's a big emotional aspect to cancer you know people that harbor ill feelings like anger, resentment you know whether it's going through a divorce or even oftentimes the loss of like a loved one. You'll you'll see people get cancer. There's like a loss of a, a relationship. There's a separation and this can cause a depression in the person. And this can be healed. I believe this can be healed. But the person has to really focus on healing not only their body, but their mind. Cancer, doctors don't ever focus on healing the mind. They only focus on you know, the chemotherapy, and the radiation, and the, we got to give them an IV. Well, I saw people go through all of that, and they still died. But I did see progress in treating the mind and apologizing. I'm so sorry. I, you know, I made a mistake. I'm so sorry. I did this. Or, you know, I'm really sorry. I forgive myself. Cancer is a death it's a slow death of cells that are dying but we're we are manifesting that in our own body and I don't think it's ironic that you know women that get breast cancer you know going back to um, the relationship with the infant and the mother you know that usually starts out with the breast so there's a symbolism of breastfeeding breast cancer and the symbolism of the infant and the mother so women that get breast cancer yes I understand there's a hormonal aspect but I also understand and I know that we repress a lot of our negative emotions like anger um, and a hopelessness and helplessness. And so if you have a woman that is, you know, maybe perhaps she has a bad relationship with her own mother and it's manifesting in her own breast, you're going to get breast cancer. Rest is what feeds the infant. Something to think about. You heal the relationship, you heal the mind, you can heal the body. Women that you know have so many children and they've breastfed and then they get breast cancer. And then there's other women, there's there are other women that have never had children and then they get breast cancer. And you know, I question the relationship with the woman and their own mother and just is usually like a repressed emotion like um, anger that's turned inward, aggression that's turned inward. Um, Often sometimes it's also fear. You know it's difficult. Sometimes it's loss. If a person loses, you know, a relative and they're angry and they're grieving, it's not uncommon to see, you know, cancer creep up from the survivor, someone in the family that gets cancer. There's a loss. And if the person doesn't process that loss and have good coping mechanisms, they will get melancholia and they they will become depressed. So when we don't discharge our emotions and talk about it and process it and you know we become sick. And I think there's a lot of women especially you know, stay-at-home moms, they don't get the support that they really need. And that is a huge problem in society and across the whole globe. These women that are stay-at-home moms, they're nurturing, they're caring for their children, but they don't, they themselves don't have the emotional support. You know, They may have friends who they can call up and chit-chat with, but it's not enough sometimes. Sometimes we need more than that. Mm-hmm. Stress in the hormonal system can wreak havoc in our bodies. Cancer is a psychosomatic disease that will kill you. And it's a link between our emotions, our hormones, and our immune system. So if we keep our, you know, our immune system strong and our hormones in check and we keep our emotions you know we make sure that we're discharging and not repressing any aggression we will be in a healthier state that's important because what's really bad is when you have a family and the mother passes away from breast cancer that is a huge traumatic loss for the entire family it's traumatic for the for the husband, but it's very traumatic for the children. And the women that I've seen that have gotten breast cancer, the women that I've known personally, they're like the sweetest souls. They're like the sweetest women on the planet. I've never ever seen them get angry Maybe that's the problem. Maybe they needed to get angry. Maybe they needed, they needed to express their angry anger. Maybe they needed to, like, shout from the rooftops that I'm angry. Maybe they'd still be here. next time